Hello, I'm Brandon Martini, a commercial pilot and flight instructor. And I'm Carson Vasquez, I'm a private pilot. And you're listening to the Aviation Mentors Podcast, sponsored by Stratus Financial. So buckle up, because the Aviation Mentors are taking off. Welcome back, everybody, to an awesome episode of the Aviation Mentors Podcast. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm sorry that we keep on uploading episodes a little bit off our normal uh, Wednesday and Friday schedule, uh, but we're trying to get back on track. We've just been swamped since after Oshkosh, uh, and I know that was already over a month ago. So that means, Carson, that Oshkosh is only 11 months away. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Do we have a countdown to the next Oshkosh started? I don't think so. I don't even think it's on their website yet, but I'm pretty excited for it. So uh, here's, here's how I feel about it. I do too. Uh, looking at their website, it's 320 days, 16 hours, 36 minutes, and 56 seconds. Well, if anybody wants to interpolate when we're recording it, you can check that out now. <laughs> By the way, interpolation is a real real word and a real term, and I only learned it because I'm in aviation. So uh, all you guys should look up uh, what interpolate means. Cards has been asking me for a few weeks now to tell a story about my flight to Tennessee uh, that I did with uh, one of my new, new, newest friends. Um, so I think today's the day, Carson. So let's kind of get into it. What do you think? Yeah, I'd love to hear about it. I've been asking for a while, and especially because you keep bringing up in the episodes. I'm sure everyone else wants to know too. Uh, you always seem to have some sort of crazy story, or a pretty good story at least, whenever you go for a long, uh, long haul flight for you across country. So first off, what kind of planes you fly and who are you flying with? Yeah, so I flew a I flew a, a Piper Cherokee 6 uh, 300, uh, full of power with a nice glass cockpit in it. It had the most beautiful autopilot. Uh, it was owned by one of my friends, Shane, um, who actually helped me uh, get the world's oldest flight instructor world record televised. Uh, so is that Shane at a Corona airport? That is Shane. Shane at a Corona oh, airport. Cool. Yeah, Shane's Shane's famous in his own right, though. He's he's the media guy for all the. Uh, uh, Cal Fire stuff, or not? Maybe I don't. I don't know if he works for Cal Fire or if he works for the County of LA's Fire Department. I'm not really sure which which one he works for, but uh, I know he's he's like a fire chief and he does a lot of the media stuff for them. So he's got connections with all the media, and that's how he ended up getting me on uh, on Channel Five or Channel Nine News, whatever channel we we ended up being on. It's pretty neat. So yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, absolutely. So he sold his airplane, unfortunately, uh, but fortunately, he sold it to uh, to a guy who uh, who's going to love it. His name is Brian. Um, he's now my my one of my newest friends, uh, and we had an absolute adventure flying this aircraft across the U.S. We did a coast to coast trip, and we weren't planning on doing coast to coast originally. It was just going to be me kind of getting him ready. He already had his his uh, biannual flight review done a few weeks prior. Uh, he hadn't flown a lot in the past several years. Uh, so he wanted to uh, get familiar with the airplane, uh, also uh, make sure that he knows how to fly this particular airplane, meet his insurance requirements, uh, and and really learn from somebody who flies a lot of Cherokee 6s. And, and I fly a lot of PA-32s. I'm very active in the PA-32 groups. Um, I haven't been able to go to one of the PA-32 fly-ins yet. I know I think they've had two of them already. Uh, just the timing hasn't worked out. But uh, I have a lot of friends with PA-32s. My friend Darius, uh, he's got a uh, Cherokee 6300 as well that he has a beautiful red, white, and blue paint job on it. It's all white with red and blue stripes. It's a beautiful airplane. Um, and he moved to Henderson, so I don't get to fly that as much. But I used to just go over to Corona and go steal his airplane. Uh, of course, I'd tell him I'm stealing his airplane, but I'd steal his airplane. I would take that on some trips that I needed to carry some heavy weight. 
So, uh, but a friend of mine's also selling his Cherokee six, uh, two sixty, uh, eight, nine or whiskey, which, uh, uh, Anthony, the CEO of Stratus financial took his check fried in and I taught him how to fly as well. So a lot of PA 32 stuff going on, uh, but we got to fly his PA 32, uh, coast to coast. Uh, we were trying to just get it home for him and we ended up flying it from Catalina Island all the way to the East coast. Uh, we went to Virginia and went to uh, first flight, which is where the Wright brothers took off. And that's a whole cool little story too, but that's kind of where I flew and, uh, or who I flew with and what, what plane I flew. I mean, it was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember cause I follow Shane on Instagram. Uh, I remember his little avionic journey of trying like six, eight months, maybe a little more to get those avionics in the plane. How'd you enjoy them? They were they worked beautifully. I mean, I absolutely loved the avionics on that aircraft. It had a, uh, uh, G3X installed on it. One G3X, uh, just had a standard Navcom and then it had a, uh, GTN 750. Uh, so it, it was very capable airplane. And then it had the, I'm not sure the name of the autopilot, but it's a Garmin autopilot, the real tricked out one, the three axis autopilot. And that thing works so incredibly well. Uh, it's unbelievable. Finally, we got tired of using the autopilot. We turned it off a few times, but uh, it was it was phenomenal. I mean, I love absolutely love those avionics. I mean, I, there's something about steam gauges that that are really fun to learn and know how to fly. But once you get all glass, I mean, there's just no going back. I feel like I feel like I can't buy another airplane with steam gauges unless it's like an old airplane, like my Cessna 120. Um, that's a pretty pretty cool uh, pretty cool airplane. Just to have steam gauges. I don't see why I would ever put glass in that. No, it'd be it'd be wrong to put us. Uh all glass and such an old plane it's not old that's vintage vintage exactly vintage. that's like me carson you're not old i'm not old i'm vintage you're turning vintage now i think more like expired but yeah old thanks at 35 <laughs> i'm expired i like it thanks carson <laughs> sorry mom and dad for listening to this one <laughs> exactly anyway uh tell me the story you know i said you said it was crazy i want to hear about it Let's go. Yeah. So first off, we went and did uh, we did coast to coast, like I said. So we started off Catalina Island, uh, did the Catalina thing, went around the island, uh, then stopped in Long Beach, picked up some of my stuff, uh, and then we uh, dropped off Shane to Corona, and we did a little photo shoot with Shane, um, like a, a goodbye. He hugged the airplane goodbye, uh, and he watched us fly away. He was on the radio saying goodbye to us, and. And all that stuff, which was uh, kind of, it seemed emotional for him as it would be. I mean, that was his main airplane. He put a lot of love into that airplane. He really loved it. Uh, but he's he's moving on to other things now. He didn't fly it enough and he's moving on to uh, to sailboats, which I don't know what's worse. I, I have airplanes and I have boats. And uh, I think the boat really, really means, I mean, Carson, do you know what boat stands for? No, what's it stand for? Bust out another thousand. That's what it stands for. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sure if uh, if the boat really really is uh, a better idea for him or not. But nonetheless, he's switching to a boat, so he's going to be busting out another thousand quite often. But to be honest, airplanes are pretty much no better. You always bring it in for an annual, or something happens and goes wrong. The airplane always costs something at an annual inspection, or or just random maintenance always pops up. But Shane will see. Uh, but nonetheless, he kind of uh, let us uh, go off and said goodbye, and we took off into uh, almost in, into the sunset a little bit, actually. Um, so it was a beautiful flight. Uh, we stopped in Phoenix for the night. I wanted to make sure we got a little distance between us because the most treacherous part of the journey uh, to the East Coast is always from here all the way to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Or if you take the southern route and go to El Paso, that's also a treacherous part of the journey. 
because we're not flying in a turbocharged airplane. We can't go as high. Uh, we didn't have oxygen on board. Uh, so we couldn't really fly that high either. I mean, at some point we're only flying a thousand feet AGL just to stay within our oxygen limits. So, uh, that was, that's the most challenging part, especially in the summer density altitude really can get you. The climb performance is atrocious. Uh, you have to really kind of watch everything. So, uh, we landed at Phoenix sky Harbor, actually the main, uh, I believe it's a class Bravo airport. Uh, and, uh, we got to uh, throw another Bravo in, uh, in his logbook, which he enjoyed, which was pretty fun. Uh, I love landing at class Bravo airports. Uh, you have to be really on your game though. Those flight, uh, those controllers expect you to know everything. I mean, they expect you, if they tell you to, to land and hold short, or if they tell you to line up and wait, or if they, they tell you to, uh, go directly to the numbers, they tell you to keep your speed up. Uh, they really want you to do these things. And when somebody tells you to keep your speed up and you're flying a 130 knot airplane, they want you to keep your speed up to 160. If you can, <laughs> they want you to really keep your speed up, uh, until short final. Uh, but honestly, those controllers out there, uh, Phoenix approach, uh, and, uh, and the Phoenix tower controllers and ground controllers, they're all amazing people. They, uh, they treat, treat the little small single engine or t- small twin engines, uh, just as well as they, they treat the seven, three sevens, uh, that go in there. So they're fantastic. If anybody is working from, from that area, thank you for your excellent service that you give over there. I've flown in there a few times in the past uh, few months now, and it's really been, uh, it's really been enjoyable. No one's, no one's giving you a hard time or anything like that. So it's really, really nice. And they always get you out of there pretty quick too. But yeah, we stopped in Phoenix and we stayed the night actually. Uh, we, we just went to this little hotel and uh, stayed the night at the hotel, woke up bright and early in the morning and took off because obviously the earlier you can get out of the desert when, I mean, the ambient temperature outside at, I don't know, five or 6 a.m. when we got up and started moving around was near 100 degrees that day. So you can just imagine the density altitude. Uh, was absolutely ridiculous. So we wanted to get up and get going and get out uh, because uh, seriously, my least favorite part of that journey, especially in the summer, uh, is between uh, Phoenix and Albuquerque. So I always stop in Phoenix and get gas because I don't want to run out of gas. There's not that many airports between Phoenix and Albuquerque. And if there are airports, uh, they sometimes don't have that long of runways. So you you would have to make multiple stops and the climb performance and that type of heat is just terrible. So you got to be careful with all that stuff. Um, and then we decided that we couldn't go to Albuquerque because there were major thunderstorms over Albuquerque. And I wanted to go to actual, I actually wanted to go to Albuquerque, the international airport. And I do not go to double Eagle. If anybody's living or lives near (laughs) double Eagle, I just, that's not my airport. I've almost died there one time and I never want to go back. Uh, I didn't really almost die there. Just, I did all the calculations with with weight and balance and density altitude. And it said I had enough runway and I knew I had enough runway, but it did not feel like I had enough runway and I never want to feel that ever again in my entire life. So now I refuse to go to little airports and high density altitude environments. I will go to the biggest airport there is, um, which is Albuquerque and they've got 12 or 14,000 feet. I bet you I can get a Cherokee six off, uh, even at 110 in, uh, in 12, 14,000 feet. The POH says I can, and I know I can, uh, in a lot less than that, which makes me feel comfortable. So, yeah, you're not picky. You're just safe. You're a exactly. Safe pilot. I'm well, I'm picky because I want to be safe. I mean, that's kind of the way that it goes. Right. And, uh, that's what I teach more. And when I'm, whenever I'm actually flight instructing, I want to teach safety. You want to make sure that you're a safe and competent pilot. Um, there's a lot of people that are competent, but not safe. And I, those two should go hand in hand, but sometimes they don't for some reason. Yeah, it's part of being super current. <laughs> yeah, it's Carson's word of super current, exactly. 
yeah, so we uh, we we actually were going to go land in Albuquerque, but we still had another hour and a half of fuel left or so, hour and 45 of fuel left. And, uh, and we decided that we weren't going to stop there because of those thunderstorms, obviously, we couldn't make it there. So we just stayed south. And there was just like a sliver of area that we could make it through. There were thunderstorms on one side, and then there was a restricted airspace on the right side. So we had to make sure that we were staying in that that above that restricted airspace, and and we got through. Um, and by this time, uh, we both had to go to the bathroom pretty bad. So we were contemplating: should we do the pee in the bottle thing? And I said, I'm a hundred percent against that, and I will never do it. But he was pretty close. Uh, he was like, I don't know. It's tempting right now. I, I got to go. So we found another airport past there a little bit, uh, maybe another 30, 40 minutes. And we just held it and uh, we made it to that airport. And uh, I pulled us, I pulled us off the runway. Uh, I even landed with like a three knot tailwind because I didn't want to take the extra time to go around. Um, and that's fine. You can land with a tailwind if it's done safely and competently. And as long as you're super current, right, Carson? Um, you have to be super current to land with the tailwind, Brandon. That's just part of being super current. It's all encompassing. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, so landed. We got out of the airplane. We ran over to the bathrooms and used the bathrooms. Hung out there. Got gas and and a few water bottles and stuff, which was pretty neat. But uh, but that was the day that I wanted to get as far as we could. Uh, so we took off there and we're doing another three three and a half hour jaunt, and we ended up in. Kansas or Oklahoma. I can't remember what, what state we were in. Uh, but it was, it was quite the adventure on the state that we went to. Yeah. So Brian and I got off this airport and it looked phenomenal. If you look at it from four flight, this airport looked like it was the coolest airport ever to land in. It was right on the edge of the water, like on a, not really an Island, but kind of an Island. Um, it had like a resort right next to it. And then it looked like it had two like really nice restaurants on it. And it looked like it was like the place to go. So we land there and what's that? I said in Kansas. Yeah, it was, I thought it was in Kansas. I'm, I'm looking right now, but maybe it wasn't Kansas. I can't, well, I'm going to, I'm going to look it up because it was, it was a place that was just phenomenal. Use the, uh, the miracle of time travel for podcasts. If you want to take a second, look it up. <clears throat> Yep, I just did. All right, so it is. It's it was in Oklahoma, Afton, Oklahoma is where we went to Afton, Oklahoma, and this airport looked cool. And then when we landed there, we realized that the NOTAM said they were that they were no longer going to be having gas, and we landed there because we needed gas, right? Um, but it wasn't pulling up properly in four flight, so we couldn't really see that NOTAM. But we were listening to Adis, and um, Adis told us there was no gas there. Um, once we started getting closer, uh, but, or, or whatever, ASOS or whatever, whatever it was, but we ended up landing there anyways, because we were hungry and we figured, oh, they've got the restaurants there. So let's go check it out. Well, restaurants are boarded up. There were no restaurants available. There were no people available. Um, we, Brian and I ended up walking like a quarter mile down the road or half a mile down the road. And we found a place called the shebang. And, um, it's, it's the, I'm looking at their website. It says, your number one party destination on Monkey Island. We have three exciting uh, attractions, including uh, a restaurant, clothing boutique, and uh, the Den of Uniquity. And then they also had a, I don't know what it was, but like some bar called Big Shots Rhythm and Booze. <laughs> and we took some si- some pictures of these signs. 
And we went inside just thinking, okay, maybe we can get some food in this place. And they were like, oh, we're not serving food for another hour and a half. But if you want to hang out, we c- you can hang out at our bar. I'm like, we can't hang out at the bar. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, they didn't know that we flew in there. We can't be, be partaking in any alcohol. But it was absolutely a crazy place. I mean, I'm looking at a picture I took. There's green walls on the outside with a pink door and leopard pink print borders around the door. Carson, you should look this place up. It is absolutely mind-blowing, like insane crazy. And What's it called again? The Shebang. The Shebang. Yeah. You, know, you have to post this on our uh, on our social media now so people also understand what the Shebang looks like. Yeah, and it's and they, they, they put a big sign outside and it said, yeah, this place is the whole Shebang. I'm like, oh, now I get it. But it was crazy. <laughs> oh, I'm looking at it. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on there. A lot. I didn't even click their website. There's there's a lot. Yeah. Their website has even more going on. And their website's all pink even. Yeah. But Monkey Island. So it was an island. Told you. Yeah. So we ended up not really going there. Um, but the place looked really cool. I mean, it was very unique, um, to say the least. And we just walked over to it, hoping we can get some food because it was the only place we could find that had food. And uh, unfortunately, no food for us. So then we decide we're going to leave there and uh, we're just going to eat snacks. (laughs) So we end up leaving there and uh, we take off and we go to Branson, Missouri. And we go land in Branson, Missouri. And I absolutely had a blast in Branson, Missouri. Um, We stopped for 10 minutes, watched some uh, uh, Air Force pilots or something. They were playing putt-putt golf because their airplane broke down and they're getting paid for that. And we're just watching them. Their airplane has their, the, uh, like the cowling open and they're waiting for somebody to bring them parts or something. I don't know what it was, but it was pretty, it was pretty epic. Uh, so they're just hanging out playing putt putt golf in the, at the FBO there. And the people at the FBO are super nice. I've been to Branson, Missouri. My cousin used to live there and, uh, and I actually stayed there for three weeks one time in Branson, Missouri, um, stayed with my cousin for the part of the summer. And that was a phenomenal little city. Um, it's like, I don't even know. It's got a bunch of amusement parks and stuff. It's a, it's an interesting place. So anybody from Branson, Missouri, if you're listening, so thanks for having a really cool, fun city. But we stopped there. We got gas. And uh, and I said, hey, you know what? Why don't we stop in Nashville for the night? It's getting kind of dark. Uh, not getting dark yet, but let's go to Nashville for the night. I think that'd be perfect. So we had another two-hour flight or whatever it was, three-hour flight. Hour, I don't remember. But we had another flight, last leg of it. We're pretty We're pretty tired at this point. We've been flying since early morning. So we're going to go out and go to, uh, to Nashville. So let's go over to Nashville. And I, I said, I've got a couple friends of mine. Uh, one of them's name is Frankie Justin and he's a country music guy. He's uh, he's up and coming. He's young, 21, 22 year old country guy. Most polite guy you've ever met in your entire life. Literally. I've known him since he was like eight years old or something. I've known his dad when I used to be in the, the horse horse business. I used to sell products for horses, believe it or not. And I went from one horsepower things to, uh, to 300 horsepower on this Cherokee six, uh, which is kind of neat. But I, but I hit up Frankie and I said, Hey, I know you moved to Nashville. I haven't seen you in a while. What are you doing? He was like, Oh, I want to go meet up with you. Let's go have dinner together. So, uh, so I asked him and uh, guess who else we saw? We saw Mike Harris. Uh, Mike Harris met us over there because he's from Nashville area. He's just South of there. And, uh, and we go meet Mike. Mike meets us at our hotel and we go to dinner and, uh, and then Frankie meets up and we all sit there. We're hanging out and we're, we're, having late night, a couple beers and, uh, barbecue food, of course, uh, cause we're in the South. And then Frankie said, Hey, I got invited to, uh, last night and I, I hung out with this guy and uh, I don't know if you know who he is. 
but do you want to go hang out with him? And do you know who that was? His name is John Daly. <laughs> John Daly, the famous golfer. Like, yes, I want to go hang out with John Daly. Who gets to say, I'm, oh, I'm going to go hang out with John Daly at a golf course after hours. I was like, yes, let's go do that. So we ended up hanging out with John Daly and everyone is singing music. And um, it was absolutely a crazy thing. He called somebody really, really famous. So I'm not going to mention on this, on this call or on the podcast, but he called somebody extremely famous, like that every single person in, in the world would know at like 11 PM at night or 10 PM at night. And this person answered their phone and we were just flabbergasted that that even happened. Um, so that was pretty cool. And, uh, after that, we were just kind of hanging out talking and, uh, there was a bunch of new up and coming country stars or country music guys there. And, uh, everyone was just singing music and playing guitar and it was a really cool experience. And then we hung out with him, uh, at his uh, tour bus and we're just talking till late in the night, just kind of, I don't know, just talking about the world and life. And, and John was actually talking about, uh, how he, he really tries to go and, and help for like childhood cancer and, um, and fundraises for those types of things. So it was really, it was really cool to get to know him and get to meet him and, and hang out for the evening, uh, with him. Uh, so that would, so you never know the adventures that Brandon will get into when going across the country. And, uh, Brian was like, how do you know people in like every place you go? I said, I've flown a lot. <laughs> so, uh, we go to different places and we, I just, I know a lot of people in a lot of different places. So, um, we got lucky enough to go hang out with all these people and, uh, made some new friends there as well. And, uh, and I think Brian had a good time too. I mean, that was a once in a lifetime type of deal, right? So, uh, the next day we decided we were trying to figure out if we were going to go across the country or not, because, you know, going across the country is a great idea, but it's going to add like five hours and quite a bit of gas, but he still needed the hours for insurance and he wasn't really up to speed on the plane any, uh, yet anyways. So we decided, okay, we're going to, we're just going to do it. So, uh, so we went, flew past his house, which was interesting because he lived in, uh, Eastern Tennessee, um, uh, flew past his house and we kept on going, uh, and we ended up making it to, uh, Virginia. Uh, we met with one of his friends that night in Virginia and, uh, we had dinner at a rooftop. Um, I don't know. It's like a rooftop restaurant in their little downtown there, which was absolutely phenomenal. The food was fantastic. Uh, the company was very cool. And, uh, and then in the morning we ended up uh, waking up. And uh, we flew down to first flight and I flew over, uh, uh, the outer banks in North Carolina. And I didn't even, I've, I've heard of the TV show, the outer banks. You didn't know <laughs> it was real? I, no, I figured I knew it was real, but I've never actually seen what the outer banks look like. And it is beautiful there. Uh, beautiful. Anybody in North Carolina, you, I mean, I'm jealous. I mean, it's, it rivals Southern California, uh, just living like that on the water. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. Uh, but we want to go to first flight and first flight where the Wright brothers took their first flight. They literally climbed up on the top of a dune, uh, sand dune and took off in their, in their, in their flying machine. It was so cool. So cool, uh, to be in that same exact place. I mean, that's just, a, a kind of a once in a lifetime bucket list place to fly to. And we took pictures in front of first flight and first flight has an airport there, obviously. And it's called first flight. I think it's FFA or FAA. One of the two is the name of the airport. Uh, so we went up and climbed up to the top of the hill. They've got a big monument built up there that was built like, I don't know, 60 or 80 years ago or something. They've got a big monument on the hill. We took some pictures and uh, saw all the markers and where the Wright brothers landed their aircraft for the first time. And it's not a dune hill anymore. There's trees and stuff planted around. It's not just a big sand hill, uh, but it's still a really iconic place to go to, especially as a pilot. It's really kind of moving. I mean, when you open up your wallet and you've got your pilot certificate in there, who do you see on the back or the front? I 
I haven't looked at mine in a little while, but I think they're just on the back. Uh, the Wright brothers, uh, which is so, so neat. Uh, so we did that and uh, we ended up seeing some little kids uh, like looking at all the airplanes just taking off and when landing. So we did a low pass uh, over first flight just to show some little kids what an airplane looks like when it's flying and having a good time. And uh, we took off there and we ended up going to another little airport and got fuel there and um, did kind of a, a trip down south. And I don't even know what the airport was, but a couple other little airports. And and then we started making our way back to uh, uh, to where he lived. And he actually dropped me off at, uh, what airport was that? I don't know what, what airport he had. I think, not Charlotte, north of Charlotte. I can't remember the airport, but he dropped me off north of Charlotte and I had to take a little puddle jumper. Um, I still, that's funny that I still call it a puddle jumper, even though these are like giant airplanes to me, right? Yeah, you were flying the puddle jumper. <laughs> I was flying the puddle jumper. Yeah, seriously. Uh, so I ended up flying home that day and, uh, and Brian texted me and told me he got home safely, uh, because it was the first time he's flown solo in such a long time. Uh, I, I wanted to make sure that he got home safe and, uh, he did, he had some fantastic landings, fantastic air work. Uh, we did, we went through pretty much the, uh, commercial pilot ACS to all of those standards I wanted him to kind of be at before I would let him fly by himself. And I told him, Hey, if you're not up to standards, I'll stay here for another day or two. And uh, luckily he was, he was great. He stayed up to standards and uh, I was real happy with it. So I gave him my, my sign off for, for essentially flying solo again as a, as a rated pilot, which was really neat. Um, and, uh, and got to see him get his wings back, so to speak. And, uh, and he took off and, and flew home, but it was just such a cool trip. Uh, I mean, this has turned into a 20 something minute episode already, just talking about a flight across the country. And I'm sure I've left out a whole bunch of things that, that we happen to do, but these were the high level fun things that were just amazing. And, uh, this is why I fly. Um, just like, uh, Mike Harris has the, uh, has the, why we fly podcast. This is one of the reasons I don't have to do this, like doing these ferry flights. It, it's something that I really enjoy. Um, and I only like doing it with people I like. So if I, if I talk to you on the phone and I don't vibe well with you or something, I just, I'll just say no. <laughs> um, I want to do this with people who are enjoyable to be around and who I can learn something from or, uh, or, or they've got something going on in their lives. That's really interesting. Um, or if they really need the help and I, and, and I can tell they need the help and I feel like I could make an impact on this person's life. So those are the reasons why I normally like to fly ferry flights, uh, with people and, uh, don't worry everybody. I'm not screwing up the market. I still charge for my time. Uh, so <laughs> there's a lot of people that try to do it for free flight time and it's just not good for commercial pilots and people trying to make it in this industry. It makes it so the, the pressures of, of, uh, of ferry flying and the pressures of, of doing things in a professional manner. It just, it's devalued. So you want to make sure you charge for your services, especially when you provide a quality service. So, um, I have a money back guarantee with everybody I fly with, by the way, if, if you don't like what I talk to you or you feel that I provided no value to you, I tell them not to pay me. And, uh, I've never had somebody not pay me, <laughs> uh, but I'm very serious about that. So if I ever do fly with you and I charge you and you, uh, and you feel like you don't get value, I will not charge you and uh, I won't feel bad about it. I'll never fly with you ever again. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, but I will respect it because if, if you're the customer and I'm, and I'm the, the teacher and you don't feel like you got value, then I wouldn't be happy with it. So long story short, I had such a great time flying with Brian and, and uh, even Shane a little bit before, uh, before we took off uh, on our, on our crazy adventure that we had no idea what was going to happen for three or four days. Uh, so 
uh, I really, really enjoyed it. So thanks for, uh, thank you, Brian, if you're listening to this episode, which I'm going to shoot this over to you in a couple of days. Uh, thank you for allowing me to, to fly with you and your beautiful airplane. And I hope you're really enjoying it. I haven't talked to you in a couple of weeks now, so I hope you're really enjoying it and, uh, hope you're having a great time with it and bringing your family all sorts of places. I know you sent me a few pictures, which was pretty awesome. And, uh, uh maybe I'll ask your permission to, to post that with this, uh, with this episode. So, uh, well, thank you everybody for listening today. I hope you enjoyed my, my wild and crazy story of flying across the United States, uh, with Carson's uh, questioning me on how I did it and what was happening. Uh, but, uh, I can't wait to uh, record the next episode. And I think the next episode is going to be on another flight that I've done actually with Austin. Um, and it was pretty recent. So, uh, we're going to talk about that soon as well. But uh, thanks, everyone. Really appreciate that. And if you want to reach out to either one of us, you can reach us at our emails, branded at aviationmentors.com, or for Carson, it's Carson at aviationmentors.com. And I'll see you at the next one. And as a wrap up for the day, remember, we're here to guide you in your aviation journey. So fly safe and enjoy the ride.